Section 31 of The Golden Web by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Ten A Broken Engagement. Even after the door had closed upon Lord Nunley and Dean was alone with his fiancee, words did not seem to come easily to either of them. Lady Olive was sitting back in the corner of a low couch. Dean was standing upon the hearthrug, his hands behind him, his face a little wrinkled with perplexity. I suppose, he said thoughtfully, that you would like me, Olive, to explain exactly how this claim came about. On the contrary, she answered, I do not wish you to do anything of the sort. He looked at her in some surprise. Her voice had prepared him for a change of some sort, but he was nevertheless puzzled. There was a slight flush of color in her cheeks, and her eyes were softer than usual. Sterling, she said, come and sit down here by my side. He obeyed at once. She turned and faced him. I am puzzled, Sterling, she said. I want to ask you a question. You have been lunching with my father? Yes, Dean answered, at his club. I know that he feels very strongly about this matter, she said. Tell me, did the suggestion that our engagement should be broken off come from him? Certainly. And you, she said, tell me exactly what you felt, what it meant to you. I don't want you to fence with words, please, she went on. Tell me this honestly. Was it anything of a relief to you? Assuredly not, he answered wonderingly. Think again, she begged. You answer quickly, but is that because you are very, very sure, or because you are taking it for granted? You see, you are one of those men, Sterling, she went on earnestly, whose disposition does not allow them to look back. We are engaged. I was your deliberate choice, and after that, so far as you are concerned, the matter was ended. The possibility that you had made a mistake would never occur to you, simply, because you would regard the matter as inevitable. Tell me if it were not inevitable. If you were not engaged to me at this moment, Sterling, would you ask me again? Her words amazed him. He had never given her credit for such insight, such perceptions. It seemed, indeed, as though she had realized something of which he himself was not yet conscious, and yet something which might very well exist. How long have you had this idea, Olive? he asked gravely. All the time, she answered. At first, of course, it seemed all right, but up in Scotland and since then, I have wondered whether you have not looked upon me as something quite outside your life, a necessary and desirable adjunct, perhaps, to your household and growing prosperity. Don't think that I am complaining, she continued, but in all our recent communications, the personal note has not been very strongly marked, has it? I can see exactly, too, how my father's suggestion has moved you. You don't feel, do you, as though the sun has ceased to shine, or the world to move, because there is a chance that you may lose me? Dean was not often so doubtful of himself. In a sense, he knew that she was right, and yet her very apprehension of these things, the new earnestness with which she was looking at him, the thought that he was very near indeed to losing her, seemed to stimulate his interest made him feel indeed that it would not be a light thing to give her up. Olive, he said, I wish I could make you know exactly how I feel. If I have been a little slow and reticent of speech, believe me, 
it is not that i have not cared on the other hand there's some truth in what you have said i mean that i do honestly believe that i have taken things a little too much for granted that knowing there was no other woman in my life knowing how desirable you were and how really fond of you i was i think i was content to let the rest come as i certainly did feel that it would come i think i understand she said slowly now tell me exactly what you think of my father's request i think that it is reasonable dean answered it is more reasonable even than your father knows of i think that i have been a little too successful perhaps during these later years of my life i have grown to underestimate the possibilities of trouble this is really serious then he nodded i am afraid he said that i have been a little overbold i should have kicked that man heffernan out of my office half a dozen times until he came to reason and then bought him off for good for a thousand pounds but you see i didn't all my life i have hated compromises i knew that he was a blackguard and i dealt with him as a blackguard and i have left him with the cards in his hands then i suppose my father was right she said sighing i suppose he was the dean answered she held out her hand very well sterling she said let it be so our engagement is broken and i will see that the proper steps are taken to announce it but i want you to understand this from me that if you had cared if i could have seen any sign whatever of your caring no word of my father's nor anything that could have happened to you in the city or elsewhere any disgrace or loss of money could have separated us he took a step towards her olive he exclaimed no she said a little sharply and rang the bell he turned and walked out in the hall he passed lord nunley we have arranged it according to your wish sir he said your daughter and i lord nunley looked at him curiously dean had the look of a man who has been hard hit i'm sorry dean i hope you understand there's nothing personal in it i understand said dean briefly end of section thirty one